0: Well, I invite your attention to the public reading of God's holy word as we find it. Uh, Genesis chapter 19 and reading uh, verses 30 to the end of the chapter, verse 38. And Lot went up from Zoar and stayed in the mountains and his two daughters with him. For he was afraid to stay in Zoar and he stayed in a cave he and his two daughters. Then the firstborn said to the younger, Our father is old, and there is not a man on earth to come in to us after the manner of the earth. Come, let us make our father drink wine, and let us lie with him, that we may preserve our family through our father. So they made their father drink wine that night, and the firstborn went in and lay with her father, and he did not know when she lay down or when she arose. And it came about on the morrow, the firstborn said to the younger, Behold, I lay last night with my father. Let us make him drink wine tonight also. Then you go in and lie with him, that we may preserve our family through our father. So they made their father drink wine that night also, and the younger arose and lay with him. And he did not know uh, when she lay down or when she arose. Thus both the daughters of Lot were with child by their father. And the firstborn bore, pardon me bore a son and called his name Moab. He is the father of the Moabites to this day. And as for the younger, she also bore a son and called his name Ben-Ami. He is the father of the sons of Ammon to this day. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, again, let's uh, pray for the needs uh, of of the saints, and in particular the needs of our own congregation, which are uh, many, and uh, ask God to undertake from His throne of uh, grace uh, for uh, their many needs. So let us pray. Heavenly Father, we are grateful that we are bid to come to the throne of grace, uh, that we might ask for help in our many needs. And to know that our God is a God of great majestic help and that we are his sons and daughters so we can come and uh, appeal for God to be gracious as God is gracious each and every day. Uh, We think, Lord of uh, our congregation, uh, particularly uh, some uh, who are ill and some who are attending uh, to their loved ones. Think of Jay and Joni, who are with uh, Jay's mother, uh, who has uh, contracted COVID, uh, who is uh, elderly and infirm, Uh, be gracious to them, uh, but especially be gracious uh, to Betty Bruce. Uh, Pray that in thy good sovereign grace, uh, that even though infirm, in her mind, uh, that she can reflect upon the grace of God and the hope of the saints through Jesus Christ our Lord and the resurrection of the dead. A smile upon her, Lord, and pray that wouldst keep her from suffering. Uh, may she soon be in thy presence. And may all the saints rejoice, for that is our hope. And we proclaim, as the Apostle Paul has taught us, that to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. And praise be to God uh, for that great majestic truth. Uh, we pray, Lord, for our uh, dear uh, beloved uh, friend uh, Faye Day, who has uh, left um, the hospital, uh, is now at home, but who, as well as infirm, uh, be gracious to her. We pray in like manner she would not have to suffer. Uh, we pray, Lord, for uh, her children uh, that. Uh, they would embrace the Gospel. Hold it dear. As they behold the One that they majestically love, who has attended to them uh, throughout their lives, uh, may they reckon her confession of faith in Jesus Christ. And for those who do not know the Savior, uh, may they be drawn by Thy majestic power to know Him, Whom to know is to know the forgiveness of sin and guilt. Uh, Pray, Lord, for Jeannie, who in like manner is caring for her mother. Be gracious, give her strength. I pray that she will soon be back in our presence. Uh, And Lord, for all of us who uh, have loved ones, perhaps a spouse, uh, perhaps a child, who know not the Savior or who have wandered Uh, Give us uh, words of wisdom to speak to them. And be gracious to use the Word to respond to the great warning of the dangers of the time and what it means to wander from God. And may we, Lord, be used in sovereign grace to lead many to righteousness. Pray, Lord, that uh, wherever the Word of God is proclaimed this day, Thou wouldst bless the word, bless the congregation of thy people, strengthen them, purify the church, and call many to the Savior. Gather the elect from the four corners by the majesty of the power of the Great Spirit, to whom we owe and are indebted because of the new birth. We recall the words of uh, the Gospel of John. The wind blows where it wills. So it is the majestic spirit. We're profoundly grateful that thou hast blown upon our lives and given us life, caused us by thy sovereign grace to embrace the only Redeemer of God's elect. Lord, we pray for our country. It is uh, locked in a great titanic struggle. Over light and darkness. Please thee restrain the wicked and purify the righteous. Because of the evils of the day, awaken many to flee to the only hope and haven of safety, the eternal rock, who is our Redeemer. And Lord, uh, grant us, uh, regardless of the vagaries of the time, to be faithful to proclaim the gospel. And Lord, we know that Thou art faithful to bless it and to call Thy people unto Thyself. And now, Lord, as we gather in the hearing of the Word of the Lord, uh, sanctify us. Cause us to reflect our constant need of the grace of God. And may we repair there early and often, each and every day, uh, in thanksgiving for the Word of God. And in thanksgiving that uh, our Savior... Uh, rescues the righteous. And may all who are here this morning in Thy sovereign grace and power be so numbered because that is our hope. And we pray, Lord, for this hope in uh, the name of our great Redeemer, Jesus Christ. And may He be honored and gloried in our presence this morning. And we pray, Lord, these things in His uh, majestic name. Amen. Thy will be done. Lord, hear our prayers. Well, a uh, lot is of, uh, of many, many things to all of us, but he is certainly a great lesson in a compromise. Um And uh, I would remind you that uh, compromised, if, if not checked in our lives, uh, will only intensify uh, ending at some point uh, very tragically, uh, very badly. Uh, and that is really the case of our text this morning. Uh, we're, we are really kind of staggered uh, by what is before us. Uh, and to use a different more metaphor, it's the same with drift. Uh, you and I all are acquainted with people who profess to know Jesus Christ, and we hope in God's grace that they do, that, but for whatever reason, uh, something in their lives or something in the times in which we live causes them to uh, drift in their spiritual lives. And uh, drift will only end poorly. Uh, sailors, as you know, are terrified of drift because it means that they are subject to the wind and the waves and will uh, eventually uh, cause them to uh, run aground and perhaps even to break up and take on water. And certainly law is uh, uh, an example that shouts out to each of us from the pages of the Word of God uh, to be exceedingly careful of, uh, of compromise and drift. So Lot uh, uh, yet is uh, still a believer. He still knows the Lord. as is evidence in his rescue and his uh, individual, his personal life. Uh, we know this uh, because heaven mounts a rescue operation of Lot and his family. And uh, certainly in a mighty way, in the power of God, he is, uh, he is rescued from the twin cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, we also know it's a product of many, many things. Certainly, uh, the prayers of Abraham, his, his uncle. Uh, Abraham was aware of the danger that Lot was in because judgment was coming to the twin cities. So he prays for his nephew. How important prayer is in your life. Uh, all of us know people who are in grave, grave danger. We should pray for them. We should pray for them. Abraham is an example. As he prays for his uh, nephew. We also know from the apostle Peter, uh, he was a righteous man. He was uh, vexed terribly in his uh, soul. Uh, uh, by the actions, the prevailing culture of the Twin Cities, uh, Peter tells us that his uh, righteous soul was tormented daily, uh, telling us that he did not participate uh, in their godlessness. Uh, and again, I would remind you that his godlessness seems to run amok in our culture. Uh, we are we are to say no. Uh, we are not to participate. Uh, we are to go a different way, namely the way of the Lord. So he retained his virtue and rejected their vices. Praise God to that end. And uh, so should we. John Calvin writes, When impiety rages everywhere, we should not be caught and intoxicated by the enticement of vice. His a reminder to uh, each of us that Uh, Though redeemed, we are still depraved and need grace each and every day. So Lot kept himself pure, and so must we. Uh, You and I live in the Twin Cities today, spiritually speaking. Uh, I understand its culture waxes and wanes, but seemingly it is intensifying. Uh, But we learn from the scriptures that as God uh, rained fire upon the Twin Cities to purify the ground, uh, judgment awaits. It's now being restrained by God's patience as He gathers His known. And may He mightily work to gather all that are His. But one day, He will gather the last and the rain will come. And the door of the ark who is Christ will be closed. Reminder of uh, uh, the words of the Apostle Paul, Romans chapter 12, verse 2, do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. It's also an application that is uh, constant in the New Testament in light of... uh, the coming reigns of fire and judgment, and that is to be alert, uh, to be on the ready, to be watchful. uh, For no one knows the day of uh, the coming in which the door of the great ark of our salvation will be closed forever. And so we must be watchful, we must be alert, uh, looking and hoping for that day to come quickly. Uh, remind you of of uh, uh, one of the, if not the last uh, great prayer of uh, the Scriptures, uh, from uh, the Apostle John. Come quickly, Lord. And then he gives the promise. Yes, I am coming quickly. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus should be a prayer of each and every one of us as we depend upon the grace of God uh, for his great, great rescue of his people. But Lot endangers himself and his witness, evidence in the tragic failure of his uh, daughters and the consequences. Let's review very quickly. Uh, Lot separates himself from his uncle over economic matters. Uh, I think... Personally, he should have been more attentive to spiritual matters. Uh, He owed his wealth to his uh, uncle. His uncle was the senior. Uh, On the contrary, he chooses what's best for himself. So the two men separate. Uh, I would remind you that you should be very careful from moving from fellowship uh, from the saints Uh, to those that are compromised. And certainly many churches today are compromised. And we must be careful. We should pray for them, but nonetheless, it is simply the spiritual reality of the day as uh, we live in the day of uh, the end-time deception that comes into the church. So he moves towards Sodom, and eventually he moves into the city. He becomes part of civil government and is compromised politically, if not socially, uh, I think he, I personally think he takes his wife uh, from that culture. Uh, she professes faith, but it is an empty faith. The city owns her seen in her disobedience to the heavenly witnesses not to look back, and she is taken in judgment instantly with no occasion whatsoever to confess and repent. She's gone in a moment. I suspect his wife had come to have more an effect up Uh, on him than he could have ever imagined. And by the way, spouses do. Spouses do. They always do. May it be uh, for righteousness. Uh, Husbands, uh, love and cherish your wives and lead them in righteousness. And wives, love and cherish your husbands and help them to walk in the path of righteousness. Encourage both Pray for one another, for the days are evil. When the angels come, it's tragic that uh, he, Lot really kind of struggles over whether he wants to leave or not, but they want him to get out. He offers his daughters to the wicked mob to protect the messengers. Uh, his sons-in-law mock him. And then the tragic words of Genesis nineteen sixteen. he hesitates. He hesitates. The angels have to seize him. We learn in his wife's judgment that he obviously had little effect upon her. And now we learn tragically that he virtually had no effect whatsoever on his two daughters. They compromise him. The tragic story of a man's spiritual life gone awry little by little. And the bad always, always gets worse. And that is why uh, uh, the righteous need to be constantly reminded that they are still depraved and need grace each and every day of their lives. Uh, It affects uh, Lot personally. He's afraid, so they move out of Zoar to a cave. Uh, Perhaps he thinks that judgment... Who will come to Zoar? I mean, I really don't know. Uh, I think the angels would have warned him, but uh, he has uh, virtually lost everything and now his two daughters take his dignity from him. One of the last great possessions of a man or a woman is their dignity. And his daughters take it from him remember a number of years ago, I was reading uh, Hebrew uh, with a rabbi and uh, always aware of the fact that I'm called to be a witness, even to rabbis. I, uh, She told him, you know, Christ is the Messiah. Um, you, sh- you should come to Jesus Christ. I can't remember my exact words that uh, occurred decades ago, but I do remember his answer to me. If I did what you were telling me to do, I would have to give up everything that I've given my life to. And so it is. And so it is. Uh, Martin Luther tells us, let good and kindreds go. This mortal life also. Uh, You and I, as we study, uh, the Twin Cities should be purified uh, by the judgment and walk daily with the grace of God. Uh, Perhaps I mean again. I'm simply, as you know, speculating here. Perhaps the daughters presume that the whole world has been destroyed, and there is no man for them to raise up a progeny. And certainly, uh, um, they're going to uh, take uh, their father's dignity to uh, to do uh, just to do just that. Um, and. Uh, and so we read in verse 31, Then the firstborn said to the younger, Our father is old, and there is not a man on earth to come into us after the manner of the earth. Very first thing in the Hebrew text, the word manner of the earth is, the Hebrew word is Derek, it's way. It's the way, the way of man. The way of the man of God. We read about that man this morning. Psalm 1. And in the way of the wicked, uh, we should keep ourselves in the way of God. And we should also rely on God's grace each and every day to do just that because even though we are redeemed, we're still fallen creatures. We still live in a world that's been cursed. And we still live under that curse and pay the penalty of it. And so we should walk diligently and carefully in the derrick of God, in the way of God. Uh, This tells us that the culture of Sodom owns the daughters in my mind. I can think about it in no other way. Uh, It's very interesting to me that they don't investigate. Uh, They don't think in the sense of, well, now wait a minute. Our uncle was a righteous man. Let's go... Let's go to our father's uncle. Uh, Let's let's see if perhaps uh, we can get wisdom from him. Perhaps if he is still alive. Of course, he was. uh, But they don't investigate. They don't pray. uh, And no influence by their righteous father on them. They too think only of themselves, just like their father. Remind you, all of you that are parents, that have children, uh, uh, know this to be sure. The culture of the Twin Cities is going to attempt to raise them and to steal their hearts away from you to belong to them. Labor carefully each and every day. While they are young and tender, speak to them early and often about the dangers of the world in which we live. Because uh, the culture of the world in which we live will attempt in a massive operation to steal their hearts away from the derrick of God, the way of God. So they get their father drunk on two nights. The parallel here is there not. In fact, there's a multiple parallel here. If you go back to uh, Genesis chapter 9, uh, verses uh, 20, 21, Then Noah began farming and planted a vineyard. He drank of uh, the wine and became drunk and covered himself in his tent. All of this is a parallel to the fall of Genesis 3. Uh, Eve uh, takes of the forbidden fruit and then seduces her husband. Parallel to Genesis 6, so the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were physically beautiful and took them. Uh, nothing wrong with physical beauty, to be sure, but there's something uh, certainly that's of manifold in greater importance, and that is spiritual beauty. In Jesus Christ, we should all possess that by the grace of God. So there's a constant reduplication uh, reminding us of the depravity uh, that uh, comes upon sometimes even God's children, Adam and Eve, uh, Noah, sons of God. Uh, They take uh, what, they, what they have been forbidden by God, and the two, uh, two daughters uh, rule over their father. Verse 33, "So they made their father drunk with wine that night and firstborn and the secondborn. Uh, they commit incest on two successive nights. Uh, personally, I think Lot was deeply depressed. I mean, again, I'm obviously my conjecture. The Bible is not telling us, but um, we are uh, forbidden to engage in uh, substance abuse to the point of drunkenness, Uh, and uh, uh, it's really more intensive, uh, is it not, beyond alcohol. This is a program I occasionally watch on television. It's not much to watch, but it's kind of true living history. Uh, about the constant flow of illegal substance into the United States of America. It kind of staggers me, the, uh, the ingenious ways they try to hide it, secret it in. And then the corresponding law enforcement of people, uh, their uh, constant attempt to check it. You know, dogs smell it out or uh, they simply find it in luggage or in pieces of equipment, machinery. Uh, again, a constant cat and mouse game. Sitting there watching that program and think, who in the world is taking this stuff? Well, virtually everybody almost. But not the righteous. Not the righteous. And I understand people get depressed or discouraged. They need a little levity in life, so maybe just a little bit will do. It never ends up being a little bit. The compromise begins little by little until your heart is stolen, taken away. And that's why they're righteous. Though still depraved. They're not totally depraved. they to walk carefully, depending upon the grace of God each and every day. And I would tell you, if you... I mean, I, I get it. Christians get deeply depressed. And if you become clinically depressed, seek help. There's wonderful uh, medical technicians and physicians and nurses that can help and do help. But uh, be very careful. and Do not turn to substance abuse. Because what is bad will only get worse. Because that's the way compromise works. And bad decisions make matters worse. And that's one of the living testimonies of Lot's two daughters. Well, when there's bad decisions, there is always what? Consequences. There are consequences to Adam and Eve. There were consequences to Noah. There are consequences to the sons of God in Genesis 6. Look at the consequences. Verse thirty-seven. Firstborn bore a son, called his name Moab. He's the father of the Moabites to this day. The word Moab is a wordplay from the father. Uh, and then uh, uh, the youngest gives birth to Ammon. Wordplay, son of my people. They become what? Two nations. What about these two nations, Moab and Ammon? Numbers chapter 25 verses 1 and 2. While Israel remained in Shittim, watch. Watch. By the way, the compromise. While the is while the Israelites remained at Shittim, the people began to play the harlot with the daughter of Moab. For they invited the people to the sacrifice of their gods and the people ate and bowed down to their gods. That's the effect of Lot and his daughters compromising the nation. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 23, verse 3 and 4. No Ammonite or Moabite shall enter the assembly of the Lord. None of their descendants, even to the tenth generation, shall ever enter the assembly of the Lord, because they did not meet you with food and water on the way when you came out of Egypt. And because they hired against you Balaam, the son of Beor, from Pethor of Mesopotamia, to curse you. Balaam, of course, compromises the people, gets them to compromise. Tragic story. My point is that Sodom is destroyed, but its culture and way of life are continually compromising God's people. Uh, you and I, in a spiritual sense, live in the Twin Cities today. Not literally, of course, but culturally and spiritually. I remind you of uh, the warning passages of... Uh, Revelation chapter 2 and 3. I'm just going to look at one. Revelation chapter 2 verse 14. But I have a few things against you because you have there some who hold to the teaching of Balaam, who kept teaching Balak to put a stumbling block before the sons of Israel to eat things sacrificed to idols and to commit acts of immorality. Even in the days of the apostles, some of the members of the church were going uh, to pagan places, engaging in uh, acts of uh, idolatry and immorality. So they're warned. Uh, So we should learn from Lot. Leave a better heritage. We should not permit the culture to steal the heart's of our children, or our spouses, or our loved ones and families. It's a greater antidote to all of this, obviously, that's uh, found uh, in Christ and His love. The majesty of the gospel. I encourage you to turn with me, if you would, to uh, Ephesians chapter 5. We read there, and simply going to read uh, several of the verses of Ephesians chapter five. But in verses one and two, therefore, be imitators of God. That's the antidote: imitate God, as beloved children were His children. Imitate, as sons try to imitate their father, and daughters their mothers. We're to imitate God. And walk in love, just as Christ also loved you and gave Himself up for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. Context, quite clear, two imperatives, to imitate God and to walk in love, in contrast to the carnal love and talk of the world, which will not inherit the kingdom of God. The Greek word uh, imitate is the basis of our English word mimic. We're to mimic God. Uh, comparative, again, as beloved children follows. We're to bear likeness to our Heavenly Father who gave His Son uh, for us. And this greatest of all the virtues, of love, is defined by another comparative clause, Just as Christ loved us and gave himself for us. By the way, there's an implicit definition of love here in this text, is there not? Very important that we understand that part of love is sacrificial and costly. Uh, I I mean, I, I understand powerfully, because it's true in my life, uh, romantic attraction, but the love that we are to have for someone is to be sacrificial and costly, because it's the essence of love. How do we know that God loved us? Because he gave his son, his only son, to purchase us. And enriched by the son, we're to enrich others. The example is meant to engage us to love as defined the gift of the Father and the sacrifice of the Son for us. We're to walk in that manner. As Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. We're to, that's what the essence of true love. Well, as uh as, as we have this great virtue of love defined for us by the Apostle Paul, uh, it's now going to be magnified uh, by vices. So immediately in the context, there's a vice list that's in contrast to the beauty and the majesty of love. Verses 3 to 5. But do not let immorality or any impurity or greed even be named among you as is proper among the saints. For there must be no filthiness and silly talk or coarse jesting which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know with certainty that no immoral or impure person or covetous man who is an idolater has an inheritance in the kingdom of God and of Christ. So the, the great virtue of love Is highlighted by the world's perversion of love, and so there is this vice list, immorality, impure thought, and pure je- jesting over it. It's like everything is locker room talk today. It's incredibly sad. It's everywhere in print media, audio media. It's just. Everything meant to turn us and to seduce us. It must not us because of the great virtue and of the actions of that virtue that God gave his son. And by the way, that's the only rescue operation from the vices that are controlling factor of the world in which we live. Christ, the cross. He gave his life a ransom, the one for the many. There's only safety from the judgment of God in him. No other place of safety. And there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. It's the purity of the love of God in Jesus Christ. It's very interesting to me that this vice list engages not just conduct, but conversation. Historic setting. It's very pronounced that you understand the historic setting the church at Ephesus, because uh, the city was governed uh, by the goddess of Ephesus, which was Diana. The great contrast to the temple of the people of God was the temple to Diana. She was the goddess of the free, wild life of nature especially seen in sexual vices. And what I'm attempting to tell you is that she is the goddess of the hearts and minds of many of Americans today. The free, wild life of nature. Her temple is an example the corruption of love and its compromising influences. The reason for the vice list, implicit in the text, it's a warning passage, a very serious warning passage. Verses uh, 5 to 7. For this you know with certainty, No immoral and impure person or covetous man is an idolater as an inheritance in the kingdom of God, Christ. And then Paul adds to the warning, does he not? Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore do not be partakers with them. It's very seductive. I mean, you go to the academy at each progressive stages. Oh, forget your parents. Oh, forget the church. Leave it all behind. That's silly talk, foolishness. You go that way into a way of profound danger. Paul is cementing that. No with certainty. No one who walks in the way of the godless man will escape the wrath of God. So therefore, we might restate it in this way, those who belong to the abiding culture of Sodom will not enter God's kingdom. Those who belong to Diana will not enter His kingdom. So don't go there. Keep yourself. We may live in the city of destruction. We're not of it. We're simply pilgrims hastening through it and culturally we keep ourselves for Christ and the eternal city which is coming for us and look to grace each each and every day it is a part of life that you you should never graduate from you should sit daily before grace who is a beautiful majestic teacher you should learn daily from the grace of god contained in the scripture You should walk carefully with her, hold her hand, embrace the beauty of God's grace. And she will, in her grace, keep you each and every day for God in his glorious kingdom. And may his kingdom come and his will be done in our hearts. As we walk with that grace each and every day as the sons of God.